welcome back to another episode of the Love Your Bod Pod. I'm your host. I'm Kara Corinne Safeli. I'm a certified health coach. I help people heal their relationships with food and their bodies. I'm also a cookbook author. My book, Vegan Buddha Bowls, is available wherever books are sold. It's a really fantastic cookbook if you are looking for recipes that are easy, don't take a lot of time, perfect for the weeknight, that taste good, are made with ingredients you can find at pretty much every grocery store, and that aren't really complicated. I definitely think that the recipes in Vegan Buddha Bowls are for the beginner or easy level. So you can buy that wherever books are sold. I want to thank you guys for tuning into the podcast. I'm so grateful to have you here. Today's episode is probably going to be a short one. It is based off an article that I wrote on my blog, or rather a blog post I wrote. It is titled, Why I Am a Thin Ally to Fat Acceptance. So one of my missions in the world is to change the way our world views and treats larger bodied people. I want to change our culture's narrative and relationship to fatness we currently live in a fat phobic culture one riddled with anti-fatness and if you've listened to episode 88 with dr sabrina strings you also know that anti-fatness is rooted in anti-blackness and that a part of changing our culture changing our world's relationship with racism requires us to change our relationship to body size. So a great way to engage in anti-racism work is to work on your own internalized fat phobia, to work on your internalized anti-fat bias, said another way. And I'm really passionate about this. I believe that discrimination based on body size is very real and I want it to be a recognized form of discrimination meaning I want there there to be a law that is passed that says you can't discriminate against people based on size just like you can't discriminate against people based on race sexual orientation gender disability and right now size is not on that list so people in larger bodies are paid less, they can be turned down for jobs or promotions or even housing because we make all of these negative assumptions about them, false assumptions based on their weight. And I also know that our socio-cultural idealization of thin bodies is the best known environmental contributing factor to developing an eating disorder. Meaning the thing that makes most people struggle with food and body image is the fact that we live in a culture that that idolizes thin bodies and discriminates against fat bodies. So I want to talk about why I am a thin ally to fat acceptance. And I truly believe that if you are for food freedom, if you are for the anti-diet movement, the intuitive eating movement, if you are for anti-racism, we also need to be for be here for fat acceptance. So in order to decrease the amount of people suffering from eating disorders, disordered eating, and body shame, to decrease the amount of time, money, and energy that we give over to the pursuit of food control and weight control, to have it stop taking over so much of our lives, 
we need to talk about fat acceptance. So like I had mentioned, according to the National Eating Disorders Association, the social, the socio-cultural idealization of thin bodies and the hatred and fear of fat bodies, also referred to as fat phobia or anti-fat bias, is the best known environmental contributor to developing an eating disorder. And I can look back on my decade-long battle with bulimia and see that, yeah, the fear of being fat was the greatest contributor for me. Now, it wasn't the only contributor. There were a lot of factors that contributed to me developing an eating disorder, but fear of gaining weight was the biggest one. I wanted to control my weight. And I know I'm not alone. Most women in Western culture, maybe even all women, experience body dissatisfaction to a greater or lesser extent. And I grew up believing that one of the worst things I could be as a woman was fat. These messages are rampant. They come from our government, media, our medical system, authority figures, social acquaintances, friends, and family. And what's alarming is that I came across a study that found that girls start worrying about their weight. They start expressing concerns about their body image by age three. Age fucking three. Before kindergarten, our little girls already know, and it's not fully understood, right? It's not like they have the um, full conscious awareness, but they've already picked up on it. They already know that our culture idealizes thin bodies and discriminates against fat bodies. So the messages around good and bad bodies are anything but subtle or subliminal. They're direct, they're omnipotent, and they're loud. And so why, why does this matter? Why am I talking about this? Well, according to the National Eating Disorders Association, one in four dieters goes on to develop disordered eating or an eating disorder. Dieting is categorized as any attempt at weight loss or weight control through behavior modification like changes to food and exercise. Even if it's for for perceived health reasons, even if you are saying it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle, if you are attempting to lose weight or control your weight, it's a diet, whatever you call it. That said, this is not a conversation around anti-health, so please don't get it twisted. I'm a big believer in taking care of your health, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual. But weight and health are not the same thing not the same thing correlation is not causation and if you want more information on how the pursuit of weight loss is not the same as the pursuit of health please check out episode 79 with abigail segui episode 46 with krista mirius or episode 26 with christina bruce of the love your bod pod we dive into that topic more on those three episodes however that is not the narrative we hear We're told that weight and health are the same thing, basically, that you can tell somebody's health by looking at their weight or the size of their body, and you just just can't. And as a result, but because our culture tells us that, as a result, our culture justifies stigma, discrimination, and shame against fat bodies, larger bodies, most often under the disguise of a health concern. Like, I'm all for you loving yourself so long as you're healthy. But first of all, other people's health isn't your business. It isn't anyone else's business. It's their business and theirs alone, and perhaps also between their doctor. Secondly, I am not sure poor health is a justification for shame. 
Now, I assume you're familiar with my girl, Brene Brown, the most famous researcher of all, shame researcher of all. Her research shows that shame doesn't lead to improved health outcomes or positive behavior change. What it actually does is it leads to a decrease in health, both mental and physical. So I want all women, but especially thin women, and so we're clear, by thin I mean straight-sized, meaning you are not plus-size. If you can go into almost all stores and find clothes that fit you, then you are straight-sized and therefore thin. I do not mean whether or not you perceive yourself as thin or if you are a size small, but I mean straight-sized. So you, there, you're not plus-sized. So in my mind, you are a thin person in this world. I know, you might not agree with me, but that's okay. I want, to take, I want you to take a stand against weight discrimination because of the persistent mental, emotional, and physical harm it causes to all of us, not just women in larger bodies, but all women. And not just women, men and members of the LGBTQ plus community are affected by weight discrimination and size discrimination as well. I'm not meaning to exclude them from this conversation. We all suffer at the hands of size stigma and fat discrimination and anti-fat bias. But as a woman, I feel like I, I speak more to women because I understand their experiences the most because I've had similar experiences. I, I'm not an expert on the lived experiences of, of a man or members of the LGBTQ community or of women in larger bodies. So that's why I'm specifically addressing that demographic, although I think this is an important message for everybody. Just wanted to put that disclaimer in there. Okay, so for example, even straight-sized women, thin women, don't want to go to the beach. We don't want to be seen in a bathing suit. We don't want to have sex naked with the lights on. We're like wearing a t-shirt. And we find ourselves falling off the wagon too. We struggle with the cycle of diet, binge, diet, binge, diet, binge, restrict, binge, and all the shame and self-loathing that's a part of that. We fear being fat or gaining weight, so we tirelessly try to stay thin or get thinner. We engage in persistent body monitoring, like, how does my hair look? Do I look okay from this angle? Are my thighs too big? I wonder if I look okay. According to Dr. Caroline Heldman's research, women on average engage in body monitoring every 30 seconds. Every 30 seconds. That means that since this podcast, you've been listening to this podcast, you've probably engaged in it 30 or so times. 20 times, excuse me. So check out episode 82 with Dr. Caroline Heldman. She's amazing. The episode's great. But that is a lot of mental real estate given away to what we look like. That's a lot of time and energy and thoughts given away to worrying about what we look like. And women who are worried about what they look like, who engage in body monitoring, have higher rates of depression, eating disorders, body shame, depressed cognitive functioning, sexual dysfunction, lower self-esteem, lower GPA, lower po political efficacy, and they engage in female competition. These are all side effects of sexual objectification, which is connected to fat discrimination, which is connected to the pressure we put on women to look a certain way, to be a certain size. 
So while it hurts all women, it's important to add that by no means does it affect thin women, straight-sized women, to the same degree. Fat women, women in larger bodies, people in larger bodies, they face many more challenges at the hands of weight stigma. I'm not trying by any means to compare our experiences. They are not the same. I can't pretend to know that or pretend to fully understand what it would be like to move throughout this world in a larger body. So I'm not trying to pretend like I know. But those of you who are listening who self-identify as a feminist, I also hope you identify as fat positive because it definitely impacts us the most, women and people who identify as women. Now, as a thin woman, I do not see myself as separate from the fat acceptance movement or the fat positive movement because anti-fat rhetoric in our society was the greatest contributor to my eating disorder, which almost took my life. Eating disorders have the highest death rate of all mental illness, and a large percentage of those deaths are by suicide, and I was suicidal for years. For years. So here's some hard truth. Eating disorders do not have a look. They are not a body size issue. People of all shapes, sizes, gender identities, gender fluidity can have eating disorders too. So if we care about people's health and well-being, we will work to end weight stigma. And even though I have thin privilege and fat women and people in larger bodies experience challenges I do not, we all suffer due to cultural anti-fat bias and the idealization of thin bodies. Then you might be wondering how much we as straight-sized people, women, suffer. Well, the extent to which someone fears gaining weight, the extent to which you fear gaining weight, being perceived as fat, or you strive for the social rewards of being thin is the extent to which you are going to suffer because of weight discrimination. Now, on average, 92% of women report body dissatisfaction, which isn't some defect women have. It's a direct result of anti-fat bias, the thinner is better narrative, sexual objectification, telling women that to, in order to be valuable, they need to look a certain way. So what are the consequences of poor body image that all women share as a result of anti-fat bias? We're disconnected from our internal body cues like hunger and fullness, which is a result of dieting and restriction. restriction. This leads to physical, mental, and emotional deprivation resulting in nutritional deficiencies, hormonal issues, PCOS, anamoria, binge eating, or emotional eating that leads to binge eating which often just leads to more dieting because 90% of diets end up in future weight gain because your body tries to compensate for weight loss by driving you to eat more, which leads to more body shame and thus the desire to diet and lose weight. It's a negative feedback loop, feedback loop, blah, blah, blah. Dieting is a predictor of future weight gain. So the more you diet, the more weight you gain, the more you want to diet. All of this contributes to a world in which how we feel about ourselves is based on what we weigh, what we look like, and what we eat, regardless of how others perceive our bodies. Someone could perceive us as thin and we don't perceive ourselves that way. And so we don't feel good about ourselves, irregardless. And by no means 
am I meaning to sound conceited or like I have a big head or anything like that, but I'm aware of the fact that in a lot of ways, I'm hegemonically beautiful, meaning in a lot of ways, I fit the standards in our societies. I'm tall, I'm thin, I have clear skin, I'm pretty freaking cute if you ask me, but I suffered with all of this. And in fact, according to a 2008 study, 65% of women between the ages of 25 and 45 have disordered eating behaviors or a clinical eating disorder. Most of that is a direct result of fat discrimination and the idealization of thin bodies. Straight-sized women, thin women, we fear being the victims of fat discrimination. We fear it so much, but we already are victims of fat discrimination. And if we truly care about the health of women, of all people, of all shapes, sizes, genders, then we will fight for fat acceptance, fat rights, and fat positivity. So if you struggle with bad body image, emotional eating, overeating, binge eating, undereating, or your relationship with food, then we cannot separate these issues. They're one in the same. I am fighting for your food freedom. I am fighting for your body liberation, your body confidence, your body peace. And in order for me to truly fight for that, I also have to fight for fat acceptance, for fat liberation, for fat positivity. So I hope that through listening this, you are going to consider being an ally to this movement or joining this movement because it's important. It's, it's incredibly important to body liberation and food freedom and intuitive eating and all of those things. So I hope you got a lot out of this episode. If you have any questions, concerns, you want to chat more about this topic, shoot me a DM. You can find me at Kara's Kitchen on Instagram. And if you're interested in learning about coaching, of course, go to karaskitchen.net. And I'll see you guys all soon. Love you so much. <laughs>